Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 409 as we uh, roll through a busy... Positive Friday. How are you? Hope you're having a wonderful, awesome day and have even uh, bigger plans, better plans for the weekend. Lots going on, man. You got NBA tonight. You got NHL tomorrow. You got the Edmonton Stingers tomorrow. A few of our winners are going to that. Uh, You also have the uh, Elks home opener on Sunday. You've got golf. Lots of Canadians. The RBC Open is happening. It's barbecue weather. The Kevin Lowe roast tonight. You have no shortage of things to do, which is uh, fantastic. Let's get to the oil report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton, where you can finance a new Volvo from as low as 2.49% and uh, save 750 bucks off your next Volvo, new or demo, if you're a medical professional, first responder, teachers, or military. Check it out at VolvoEdmontonCars.com. We welcome to the program Alan Mitchell. AKA uh, low tide uh, LT. There's been uh, lots of people I'm, you know, I've been talking about, Hey, what are the orders going to do? Uh, what are the orders going to do? I want to get your thoughts. First of all, on the Severson sign and trade. Well, I, I think he's a really good defenseman, but I think that, uh, and I don't know who said it online today, but it was a great line. Uh, he, he's still underappreciated, but he's no longer underpaid. Uh, Columbus paid a lot. Like that's a big contract. I like him a lot as a defenseman, but I, I don't think he'll uh, – like, I don't think he's a top-pairing guy. I think he's a really good second-pairing guy. Uh, I would have looked at him as a guy who, uh, you know, probably is going to get paid more than CC. I'm just surprised as, you know, so much more. Because I think he's better than CC, but not by three and a half. Bill. Can he play first-line center between Goudreau and Liney? <laughs> well, that's the trade they're going to make with Calgary for the third overall pick. You think so? For who? Backlund? No, I don't. I, I here, here's what I think. I think that that you know, and this does happen. I you know, Columbus has a Yarmo Kukalainen as their general manager, and he has to. They have to contend. Clearly, they're going to try to do everything to contend. So, I think if if if, if somebody has a center out there. Uh, who will come in and they can afford to, you know, get them under the cap, they'll probably they'll at least be willing to look at dealing that pick because they have – you don't make all of these moves. They've already – two moves on defense already. They've hired Mike Babcock or Will. They're going for it. I don't think they'll ever get there. I, I think you know, the playoffs would be a home, a home run. But I, this is a GM who's got a, an issue, and he's got to go ahead and, and make it happen, and that's what he's trying to do. I see. I, I think trading the number three pick for a team that isn't that doesn't have a number one center, like trading for Elias Lindholm, which I think is I, I don't think Calgary does that to be honest. But uh, you know, and you're trading for a guy who's 29. I guess that kind of fits your bill. But you could get a player at number three who could lots of young guys c- can help your team in a few years, right? Like yeah. I don't think Columbus yeah. is ready to win a cup next year anyway. So I would take, if I'm Columbus, I draft the kid at number three, whoever I take, and I ensure that he's not in the NHL. 
that's the mistake they're going to make is if they try to bring him to the NHL and have him just struggle because I don't think the number three pick is a guy that's going to be an impact player right away. Very few guys are. Like, very few guys. Look at Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is yeah. number one pick. Look at him. And, you know, go to, look at Leon Dreisaitl, for goodness sake. So um, I think Columbus would be much better served. Keep the pick. There's a, And there's a few center options there. Take him. Uh, I know Meechkoff, like I love Meechkoff. I think he's going to be a really good player. But, uh, you know, Columbus needs a center, and they should draft one. Well, I think they, I think that's the way to do it. My only thought is the Kekalainen, what, what does he have to go? Because they, uh, they're, they're, they're doing what teams do. And the Otis has to where you're trying to skip ahead. And you, you, they did it when they, when they got Gaudreau, but they, they didn't have enough time and they didn't have enough money. Uh, to build around it, but now they're trying to do it. Uh, they've they've acquired two defensemen now. Uh, they they have other needs. I I, I mean I have to look at the the free agent centers again, and I don't know how much money they have left. They have to get somebody who can help them right away. And now I I have no problem with them taking uh, whoever they decide to take at number all, and definitely not playing him in the NHL. But I think I think Kekalainen, uh, he's a guy who's if he if he choose somebody at number three chances are he won't be around to watch them develop uh, or play in columbus because this might be his last year one of the highlights of my week is going for my fifteen thousand step walk on friday mornings and reading your work on the athletic and today as i was looking through you you kind of mentioned that it doesn't look like uh yamamoto is going to be back you didn't make no mention of it but when i looked at your lineup for next year there was no room for fogel so why do you want to run Fogel out of town, Mr. <laughs> well, I did my best to run you out of town, and it didn't work. So I'm jumping up again. <laughs> like a rash. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I like I, I tried to make the money work, uh, and I here's here's why. I think that that at, on the left side they've got Kane and Nuge. Uh, I think that they'll play on left wing next year, and I think it's time for Holloway to move into that third line left wing spot and then you 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 i i think they're going to go get a pretty responsible two-way right winger to replace yamamoto i i picked foss but it might be somebody else and then i think they will i think they'll sign coaston because he'll be less expensive than fogel so uh, i think they have to move two guys and i don't think it's going to be a defense but i don't think it's going to be kulak or cc so in in the the article that i wrote i i ended up moving yamamoto and fogel out uh i like both players a lot uh, I really like Fogel. I thought he had a great run, and he plays very well with Leon Dreisaitl. I'd love to put him in that spot. The problem is cap room. If the cap increases like you know everybody hoped it would, then I think it's less of an issue. Al Mitchell joins us to Sports Leader TSN twelve sixty. Clean Costin. Uh, here we are. It is June 9th. The orders have basically you know three weeks. Uh, to decide if they're going to submit a qualifying offer or not for uh, for Clem Costin, um, submitting the offer isn't the issue. I think they want they want Clem Costin. I know that for a fact. It's the concern of what will the arbitrator? Because if you're if if they can if they if they qualify him, then Costin has arb rights, and he could go to arbitration, and could command upwards of like 1.7 based on his goals in the limited amount of games he played last year. And I think that's a real concern for them. So maybe they risk it anyway and see if that just gives them a little bit more leeway to get a deal done. But what would you do when it comes to clean cost if you're Ken Holland? Well, I think the priorities, this is just my opinion, but I, I think you, 
you know, you've got Evan Bouchard and Ryan McLeod. They're RFAs that you have in-house and are, you know, both going to cost, you know, probably more uh, than Coaston. And then he would be, uh, among the rest of the group, he would be my top priority, and I'd like to get him in. I mean, I don't know. I don't. If, if 1.7 is the outer marker and say 1. You know, one million say is the is the the low end, and if you can if you can slide them in as close as you can to one million, and I don't know what that number is, then I I think you go ahead and, and get him because he's exactly, Gregor, what what they need. He's a rambunctious guy, he's a bit of a bull in a tennis shop, and he does take uh, you know some penalties, but he draws a lot too. And you know, if you're watching Vegas and and Florida, frankly, in this series, Coaston is he can play that kind of style. He's a rambunctious guy. His hits hurt. And just don't they have a lot of it, but they don't they could they could certainly use it in the bottom six and Coastan has that. And, and you never know. I mean he he played well here. He might he, he might have another gear. If he ever could play on a skill line, then I think that's a it's already a good trade, but it would be an absolute home run. You know, I think that we're forgetting and, and I've talked to Grades about this before and I'd like to hear your thoughts, is that you know, he. This is the first time he's had traction in the NHL. Now he's only been on two organizations, so you know there's 30 others that may find him. But you know, when you look back on your your massive rolodex of all the players you've watched, and and do you, have you ever thought of a player who maybe was not getting traction in team one, goes to team two, starts to find traction, and then moves on to another team and automatically finds that juice, like? I, I guess the point I'm making is that, you know, I, if I were him, I'm trying to find, let me just stay here for a year. Like, yeah, if it's 1-2 or 1-7 or whatever, let me just get that one year so I can really solidify myself as an NHLer. Then the money comes for the next 10 years. Sure. But I, I like, I, if you look at his 5-on-5 five five scoring this year, he was over two points per 60. Uh, a year ago, he was 151, which isn't terrible in 40 games with St. Louis. I think he's. I think he has two years that he's built about 100 games now. The last two years he's played, and those numbers look look pretty darn good. They really do. And and even his goal share this year was 61 percent at five on five. I I think I think the Oilers would be taking a risk to to. Um, I mean, I think they have to qualify him, yeah. and. And and I like I think he's real is what I'm saying. I think he's I think McLeod's real. I think oh, I know Bouchard's real, and I think Coaston's real. And I would get those guys done before I worried about anything else because they're young and they can play with you for a long time. And, and you know the the Oilers have nice players. Dylan Holloway is a really nice player, but these guys are young and can play. Uh, and and you know they're not gonna their next contract's gonna cost a lot. This one should not. I agree. On, I like Costin a lot, and you know, like I wonder, you know, cost. Hey, the one thing about his game is I, I know, and you could see it in the coach at times, just the you know the giveaways. And when the veterans talk about it, and like when Costin first got here, you saw him. He's you know Leon Drysaddle. He's going up to Zach uh, to Zach Hyman and asking him about okay how to play better on the board. I think he wants to learn and improve. And when you're that big and you're that strong and you can shoot the puck, like he's got some things that you just you can't really teach. Like you compare his shot to Pujarvi and Yamamoto, it's not even close. No, not even close. And so if you would give him the opportunities that those two had for the last few years. I think he could easily score you how many goals. And the difference that he brings is he brings a physicality. And, he, like, he likes getting engaged in it, right? Like, he could. I think he could be like Cassian, but maybe more consistently engaged. 
right? Um, yep. You know, now hopefully he's not scared of the puck to block shots like Cassian was, which is still one of the strangest things to me. But um, <laughs> I, like, You're never I think there's forgive that, are you? <laughs> well, no. Struddy was the one who brought it up, and Struddy was very oh. adamant about it, and so um, it was. And it's true though. Um, but when I look at at costs, and I agree with you, Al, that even if the risk is that you go to arbitration. Or, or that you that he files for arbitration, that still gives you close to a month to work on the, you know, making that deal. Very few guys actually go through arbitration. Even if you think you're going to win, you're like, yeah, but what if I lose, right? And yep. worst case scenario, you have to accept the arbitrator's ruling for one year or two years because if, if he files for it, the orders have the option to pick one or two years. That So let's say it's 1.7. Well, then you just, if you're the Edmonton, you would choose two years, I would think, because then you're locked up, the cap's going up the following year, and you might have a guy who scores you 12 to 15 goals at 1.7. That's pretty good value. It is, and it's also, you're, you're looking at a guy who, uh, uh, even if he scores 15 goals, let's just say that, let's, and that's a good number. I'm not, I'm not saying it's nothing, but even if it, that's what he ends up scoring, the, with all the other things that he brings, you're probably, even at, one, let's say, 1.4, you're still getting value. You're st- that's still a value guy. And he didn't play like he played with uh, with Derek Ryan, and they had a, a 60% goal share. And he played with Yanmark, and they had a 64% goal share. He didn't play with the high, high-end guys, and he was getting good results. And I'm not saying he's the only one who was doing it. I'm saying he was able to do it with guys who are, are you know third- and fourth-line guys. I, I think there's a potential there that he could go higher but I think we've seen enough to say if they if they used him as a fourth line guy or as a third line guy, he could make things happen, and that has value, especially when you're paying him that much and he has so much of his future. They need to think about their future, and I think Kostin is. I think that was a hell of a trade, and I like Samarukov. This guy is real. He's a really good player. Al, uh, one final one. Florida, are they coming back, or was this just? Uh, a little bit of a tease. Yeah, I, I I wish it was. I want to see a long series, but I I feel like they, you know, there was a little luck involved there with the puck landing right in front of Kachuk, or they were dead in the water. And I think I just think or, uh, whatever their name is, Vegas Golden Knights are just so strong. Lines one through four. I just think they're going to wear them down. I I still think the toughest opposition Vegas had was Edmonton. Well, yeah, if Edmonton doesn't self-destruct in the second periods of games five and six, it could still be played. Yeah. Which is which is why like, I I don't discount why the players were so gutted uh, because of that because I think they realized they definitely uh, missed an opportunity for sure. Yeah, well, they'll they'll get them next year and then you know then uh, Strutty can forgive uh, Zach Cassian. You know, blocking shots isn't a skill, buddy. It's courage. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about the one where he lifted his leg? Because I just oh. howled when I saw that. <laughs> no. And then what's the other guy you like? That D-man from, like, where was he from? Marty Marinson. Uh, Marty Marinson oh. from Als Wiedersehen, wherever he's from. That, that was unforgivable. Als Wiedersehen. Why is it that all the guys I love you hate? What is it, Streddy? Oh, I mean, well, no, I think there's some there's some, there's some middle ground. There, I think I like Costin. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Costin. No. But, but I, I, I just want, I, you got to compete. 
I, I loved, uh, you know, and, and uh, Taylor Chorney did everything he could to teach you how to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> he put me on his wide shoulders to get me get me across those last 80 games, but he couldn't do enough. No, listen, I, I this is, okay, I'm going to barrel boil it down into a nutshell. When you're a bottom six player or a bottom pair D-man, you better block shots. That's just a reality. Yeah. And if you don't block shots... I have a hard time because you're not you're not on the power play, you're not playing top six minutes, and you're going to score like Costin. So if he's let's say he scores 15 goals, does that allow him next year? Does that allow him not to block shots? I don't no, believe it he, does. No, like, no, that's he, the job. He has to, that's that's and why he blocks shots he, though. Right? He we does, saw yeah, it in the playoffs. Yeah, he was all over the place. Grace. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it's not, but I'm just saying that's the job, right? So if you yeah. are unwilling to do that in that in that specific role I'm talking about then that's probably not the role for you, and you probably need to find someone else. Like I, That's, what, that's just reality, that, man. That's why the people go to the AHL, and Costin, I think he's good. I think he blocks shots, and he clearly yeah. has a lot of courage. We saw that in the playoffs where he was <laughs> basically maimed and he still blocked a shot. I think yeah. it's real good. I'm just, I'm just teasing you about Cassian. No, no. No, I, I get it. No, I, I get it. And I, 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 like, I, like, I like him, and I think – Man, I think a year deal if you can find a compromise because I, I think you're right. If he hits 15 goals next year, the money's way bigger, right, for him. Yeah. Now it screws yeah. Yolers over, but I don't think him going to another team makes a lot of sense either. He's got some traction. There's value to that as a player. I think we have to look at it from the player's perspective as well. Well, I like I like uh, uh, Gregor's idea of two years because then you get a little protection, okay. right? You okay. you get you get you get him. He's, because I think he's going to have a big year next year, and then it's, let's say he scores seventeen, and then you've got him for another year. Yeah. And I, I mean, they've just gone through two guys, Yamamoto and Pugliarvi, who were given every opportunity and failed. I think Kostin, because of his style, I don't think he'll fail because even if he can't play on the skill line, he can still help you enough on the third line. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. That's your style. Yeah. So. Lt, have a good weekend, my man. We will chat with you oh, next week. All right, boys. Be good. It's uh, Alan Mitchell, a.k.a. Low Tide. Uh, quick break. We'll return. Gregor Struts, Connor with you and Empton Sports Theater, TSN 1260. And, man, there is one GM who's wheeling and dealing. Is he finished? And did he perhaps maybe jump the gun just a tad? We'll find out next in The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We roll through. Pause of Friday. Man, the show's just flying by. We're two and a half hours in. I love it. Jeez, feels like we just got on the air. Here we go. Hope your day is flying by equally well. Thanks, as always, for making us part of your uh, drive home or at the office, working from home. And if you're listening to us on iHeartRadio at tsn1260.ca, maybe you got us on the app, wherever uh, we uh, enjoy it. Of course, uh, all of you in the, uh, the radio land, thank you very much. We're going to go around the NHL, brought to you by Mick Donald's. And, ooh, it is hot outside. So you know what? Great place for cool treats. How about... Uh, $1 cones, or get the uh, snack size uh, milkshake and a sundae for only 2 bucks right now at McDonald's. Get it through the app. McDonald's. The uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, the big story of the week in the National Hockey League, non-Stanley Cup related, of course, as uh, they have acquired two defensemen. Uh, Ivan Provorov, uh, earlier they gave up uh, a first-rounder and um, for, for him. I, I thought that was a really good trade. I uh, like Provorov and the Kings uh, maintain in a three-way deal retained two million in salaries. So they get Provorov at four point seven for the next two seasons. Uh, earlier today, they announced a sign-in trade. Severson, who is playing in New Jersey, signs an eight-year deal with the Devils. That was the only team he could sign the eight years with. And then he gets traded to Columbus 
for a third rounder. So essentially, they they gave them permission to to negotiate, and in exchange, you got a third round selection. And Severson gets a six point two five million cap hit. Yowzer! Like, do I think David Severson's as good as Uyghur? Strides? I don't. Do you? <laughs> I think he got a really good deal for a team that needed to fill that spot. Yeah, that's it's that's a big number for him, especially when you look at the term, buddy. Eight years. Woo. Yeah, that is uh, that is massive. So uh, Aaron Pornstein is uh, going to is he with us now, Cons? No, he's not yet. He'll be joining us uh, momentarily. He's obviously a busy day for them. And, and the big question is going to be for Columbus. Like, hey, so their defense, hey, I, their defense, it's rounded out. It's pretty nice. I don't, obviously, it's infinitely better than it was last week. I don't think there's any debate on that. With with Severson and Provorov, Gabranson, you, you have Wierenski, of course, Jake Bean, uh, Andrew Peak, Adam Boquist, who I really like. But, like, you look at it right now. If your top four is Severson, uh, you'd say Provorov, uh, Zakarensky. Some people think that uh, young David Yerchek might be in top four next year. Now, maybe not. Maybe this allows them to be patient with him, which isn't a bad idea. Then you've got Andrew Peak at 2.75, Adam Boquist at 2.6, Gabranson at four. So they've got $30 bucks on their uh, on their back end. Actually, even more because Jake Bean. So like thirty-two mil. So they're gonna have to move somebody. So right, Peak, Boquist, Bean. You can't have all of them. Right? And Nick Black and Blankenberg. I forgot about him. So they got to move yeah. some of their defensemen here. Well, that Blankenberg's he's he's the little guy that just really he skates around. He's like a little buzzsaw, right? Yeah. I think if that's the guy I'm thinking of. So it's obviously they identified that they needed to have more top, like to be top heavy, right? They need to figure that out and get those guys up there. So they've done it. Um, and I, and I, I, I agree. You want to have solid D. That top four has got to be important. A group that you feel you can play 20 minutes all around. Now that you're a check, he's gonna, you know, by all accounts, he's a big guy. He's gonna be a good player. Uh, it's not quite. He's not quite there now. Um, probably to be to be a top four guy. But they, they, they now have the makings of and moving in towards a, a pretty good and stacked group of forwards or a D, I should say. But up front, I, I I will not get off this. I'll beat this drum. They got to find a number one center because otherwise, you're not unlocking Goudreau and Line's potential, right? That is, that is a huge thing that to figure out. I Ken Johnson, I guess he can maybe go there. Rostovic's not a top center. Cole Sillinger today isn't a top center. Um, I like know, I Boone Jenner a lot, but he's a, he's not a like yeah. Boone Jenner is probably like a very good. He could be a number two, but he's probably mm-hmm. an elite number three. Yeah, so and, and that's like when we when we're, when I'm talking about this, I'm not saying that you know that this guy isn't good, but you got to stack people in the right spots. You know, how many years have we seen here with the orders? So if you're going to stack Boone Jenner somewhere, where are you going to put him so he can have the biggest impact for your team, yeah. and, and then help his line mates the most? Oh, dude, I I guess is. I, I understand what they're doing, and they say, hey, we'll figure out the center position as we go. But now every team knows what you need. So maybe that makes it more difficult. Maybe it doesn't. Right? I, you know, teams aren't probably stupid. They probably look at the depth chart all the time, and they figure it out either way. So uh, I've just the, I don't like the eight years on Severson at all. I like acquiring the player. I didn't think that like, – my curiosity here is, you know what? Free agency starts in – 22 days. Damon Severson, was he going to turn down a seven-year deal at 6.25? Yeah. I don't think so. Right? I, I don't yeah. think so. 
So, yeah. like, why the need to, like, I, I get, hey, they felt like they want to be aggressive and, and that's okay, but I'm not sure because I said it. I wrote it. I said I'd seen everybody talking about Damon Severson. and said, this guy's going to get the most overpaid contract. And I didn't even think he'd get eight years. I thought he'd get seven or six, and yeah. I still thought it would be overpaid. Like, good for him. But I don't like that contract at all. It's a tough one. But, I mean, are they desperate? Yeah, they're probably desperate, right? So, yeah. But they're desperate for number one center. So they do have the third pick overall. I mean, it's – I. I am no genius, but I feel like Fantilli and Bedard are the first two picks. Then that leaves you Leo Carlson out of Orebru, and I love that name, Orebru, out of the uh, you know the, the Swedish Hockey League. So that's a guy that is probably your, I don't think he's your short-term answer, but probably your long-term answer at center uh, for, for Columbus. So maybe they say, okay, we fixed it, or we addressed the D. Fixing might be a bit aggressive, but we addressed the D, and now... You know, maybe Carlson, can they draft him this year and leave him over there for another year? Then he comes over, you know, next year. Um, and by that time, Cole Sillinger will be 21 or 22. You know, Roslovic, I don't know, you know, how much more he has to move up. And maybe he's a third-line center by that time. And then maybe Leo can pop into that number one, although not ideal. You know, they've, they've kind of filled some some holes in their, in their lineup. So maybe that's what they're thinking because, you know, they, they – Having that third overall pick makes a difference. Uh, Aaron Portsline uh, joins us now. Uh, Porty, always good to catch up with you, man. It's been a busy week, man. Columbus wheeling and dealing. I love the Provorov trade. I thought Columbus killed it in that trade. I really did. The Severson one, not so much. I don't like the eight-year deal at all. So here's my question to Kekalainen. Because do you think Severson would have turned down seven years at 6.25 from Columbus if they would have come with that number on free agency day? Um, you know, it's a great question. I, I, they certainly didn't want to even toy around with it. Um, they wanted the they wanted the player. They wanted to be sure they got the player. Um, the Devils are the only team that could give him eight, right? So it would had to be done before then. I, you know, I think if you're the Blue Jackets and a team that just had the season you had, and I'll, I'll be honest, I, I love Columbus, Ohio. Most people who have been here see the merits of it and, and enjoy it themselves. But it is. If you're if you're Damon Severson, you may not know a lot about the city. It may not be super attractive to you just on paper. And so why put yourself into a debate that doesn't need to be a debate if you can if you can take care of this now? Honestly, if you're Yarmo Kekalainen and you realize you've been on the job for ten years, this is your eleventh season, you're the third longest tenured GM in the NHL. I think you have to start cracking some eggs and taking some risks here to get things done. If this doesn't work, he's not going to be around for Damon Severson's seventh or eighth year anyways. So when you look at the situation of the D, I think they've addressed it in a, in a, in a significant way. And, and, you know, I think that they're, they're a better step. But at center, is it just a situation where they're going to take number three and is it Leo Carlson and they wait for him to blossom into that top-line center that they, they're, they're pretty clear they need yeah, I mean, listen, one thing they've learned over time is that it is so hard to find top six or number one centers in the NHL. If you don't have one, you almost have to draft one. It's really, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois is on the move this, likely this offseason. He's kind of a one-two, but those guys don't move around very often. Columbus has had a couple of them, Johansson. Dubois, they've let him go by, by trades, by other things that have occurred. 
it's been really difficult for them to fix that. I still think they're looking. They're going to hold on to the number three pick. I don't see any scenario in which they trade that. And, yes, I think they're taking Carlson uh, or Smith. Both of them will be there. If In their dream of dreams, Fantilli somehow slides the three, but I don't see uh, Verbeek, the, the original ball of hate, passing on that kid. That's just my my opinion. Um, so, you know, the fix isn't immediate at center, but they think, you know, Colt Sillinger is going to be a better player. Boone Jenner has been a, stop, a stopgap number one center for three years now. Uh it's not ideal, but but bless him, he does yeoman's work without complaint. Um, and you know that centerized position is going to change, not at the top, but through through the bottom certainly with the addition of Dmitry Voronkov, who's coming over from the KHL, a, a draft pick a few years ago, that really had a, a thunderous season in the KHL as a, a very competitive, combative even two-way player. Uh, that you'd have to think Mike Babcock gets excited to get his hands on. He looks like a third-line guy, nothing more than that now, uh, but we'll see what, is, what what he turns out to be if he gets acclimated. I think Roslovic gets traded this summer. I'm not sure there's any scenario where Roslovic or anything they have to part with uh, draws them a, six, uh, a top six center in return. No. Now, you mentioned they would love to get Fantilli. They have the number three yeah. What what could they add with the three to move up one spot? Do you think like would because like, right now they've they probably almost got too many defensemen. Do you think that, would they be willing to move uh, or is that too much for one guy? Like number two to number three, like you'd have to like Fantilli a lot to probably give up what it would take to to make uh, Anaheim do it. Do you think uh, they would be that aggressive? I think they would, but to me the question is, you know, what is that price and. That price is determined by how much, you know, how much in love with with Fantilli Anaheim is. If they're set on the player, there's no way they're moving out of that pick. And I don't think there's anything Columbus could put together that would do it. If they're if they're not sold on Fantilli, I don't know why you wouldn't be. But if they're not, and they do favor a Carlson or a Smith or even a Michkov, then. Sure, maybe there's room there. My initial thought was from the Blue Jackets is if you're torn between Carlson and Smith, if you're okay with either of them, and Montreal is super excited for Michkov, then I would consider going from three to five and just taking which one or whichever of those centers, Carlson or Smith, uh, is left for me. Uh, but indications right now is that are that Montreal is not going to take Michkov. So even that grandiose plan for this. Uh, writer from Central Ohio has fallen on to, to tough times. Why is uh, Mike Babcock the right fit for this team now? Well, I don't know that he is. Um, I'm not. I don't know that he is. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Uh, they think he is, and they they can't talk about why they think he is. But it's pretty clear they feel like this room got soft and undisciplined and is incredibly immature and they they want an ass kicker and look many of these guys uh spent until two years ago the the previous few years playing under john tortorella and a lot of the response to now tortorella has never been accused of some of the things that babcock is that that elevate to abuse verbal mental otherwise 
never been accused of that. But there were a lot of people who really, really questioned that hiring. And then he got here, and most of the players, there were certainly exceptions, Dubinsky, Dubois, others, had issues, did not have any issues with him at all. In fact, really, really appreciated his approach to this. Zach Lorensky loved him. Nick Foligno, Cam Atkinson, those guys loved him and really responded uh, to his coaching. I'm willing to, to keep an open mind here. They feel like they need somebody who is a no-nonsense, high-standard coach that will confront players, will confront the issue the moment something creeps up rather than to let it build. Uh, and so they snap back the other direction, as teams often do, good cop, bad cop. They lost their way big time the last couple of seasons. And, you know, you go back even to Ken Hitchcock, this franchise has had its best success under some of the toughest, most notoriously difficult coaches. And here comes Mike Babcock uh, next in line. I'm with you. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Uh, we'll have to see if, if Babcock can you know, show that he's changed and will adapt to his coaching style or not. Are you expecting this announcement to come on July 1st when his contract's officially done with Toronto? What are you hearing? Well, so, if you know, I don't know the, the specifics of his contract in Toronto other than, you know, the the, the big term and the money that, that was, has been reported all along. By doing that math, eight years, $50 million. If he's paid in, in even increments, then he's due about $520,000 a month, which must be nice. I think I could work with that budget. <laughs> so if you're the Blue Jackets, though, and, and you've tried to work a deal with Toronto here to get him here sooner because you'd like to have a press conference. You'd like to get that done. You'd like to let him get to work. But you don't really need a coach in June. I don't know why these two teams can't get together on a price. Toronto, I mean, could they split the difference? Would Columbus not split the difference? Columbus doesn't really need a coach until July 1st, but I would suspect that the earliest moment that they can sign him, which is July 1st, that that would be the deal. And after their moves the last couple of days, Provorov and Steverson, I would suspect that's about all they do on the first day of free agency, too, is his name, Mike Babcock, officially their their next coach. Do you think Columbus would have any interest in Kevin Hayes? You know, that, that's been out there since the trade deadline. And the poking around that I've done on that is that his contract is so, I guess the word I'm trying not to use is obscene. <laughs> um, I don't think they I don't think they have an appetite for that and I'm not sure he's the kind of player that Babcock who makes a lot of sense with Babcock either. I would say that that's not going to happen. I've been told it isn't going to happen. Um you know, they're not going to say that it is going to happen. It's been out there for a while. It just to me that one doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh just the commitment required the personality of the player, the coach that's coming in here, the direction they're trying to achieve as a team. They want hard-driven players to get this thing back up off the ground again. Porty, always good to catch up with you, man. Uh, we'll see you at the draft in a few weeks, and uh, we'll see what the Columbus Blue Jackets have brewing. Thanks for your time.
Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's uh, Aaron Portsline. Uh, nobody covers the Blue Jackets better than uh, Port. He's been doing it for a long, long time. Uh, race for the Athletic. Uh, quick break. We'll come back with five questions on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Pause of Friday continues on. Gregor Strudwick, Connor Halley with you as we uh, roll through quickly. Let's get to five questions brought to you by The Brick. The clock is ticking. The Brick's 96-hour sale is here. Today to Monday, get huge savings throughout the store. 25% off dining, bedroom, and home entertainment furniture. Check it out right now at The Brick and TheBrick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, question number one today. Let's get a bold prediction and a score prediction for the Elks Riders game on Sunday. Taylor Cornelius, three passes in the air for touchdowns. Lock it. And a score? Um, 30 10. Elks. Wow, Strutty's just on the positive trade. 30 yep. points for the Elks. Woo. Yeah, lock it. Did they score 30 last year, Connor? Ooh, let me check here. Honestly, I think they did once. It's a bold statement, Strutty. I like it. Um, bold prediction. Oof. Um, how about this? The Elks D has four sacks. That, uh, to me, would be bold. And I will say, unfortunately, I think this streak carries on. Oh, don't. 24-21. Don't, Griggs. Positive Friday, man. What happened? It's your your show. I know it's Positive Friday, but I can't. I got it. It's a prediction. He's asked me what I think. I can't lie. (laughs) Uh, They did score 30 twice, uh, once against the Red Blacks, then once that awesome comeback against the Alouettes uh, when they won 32-31. They were close, a couple 29, 28-point games, but Strutty, I love that positivity. Question number two, Calgary Flames still without a head coach. At this point, who do you think their best hire would be, and when is the absolute latest they need to get it done by? Well, we just heard from Aaron Porcelain. I don't know how crucial it is to to have the head coach. I think ideally you would like him around before the draft, right? He's at the table, everybody's talking. But you know, let's be real. the uh, The NHL head coach has not done any scouting for uh, for any of the uh, the young players. Um, I think a coach or uh, the the coach that they're going to choose is going to be internal, and he's going to be somebody who uh, you know, had some skill. Uh, as a center, also uh, knows how to handle uh, tough, different characters as teammates. Uh, Ryan Huska will be the next head coach of the Calgary. I agree with everything you said, but he didn't have skill as a center. Like, let's not build this guy up to be something he wasn't. <laughs> you know, Ryan Huska, though, he's been working at his craft for, it's got to be 23 years, I bet you, as a coach. Started out as an unpaid assistant coach for Kelowna Rockets, took that team to the Memorial Cup, and now has worked his way up. He has put the time in. He knows that group well. I believe he's respected by that group of players. And with the internal high of Crane Conroy, he is the guy. Um, and obviously, I'm very biased. I, he's a really good friend of mine, and he's earned his shot. And I want him to have a shot, so I, I hope it is. You know, there's talk about it being on Monday, Kevin Weeks, that he'll be announced, and I hope he does. I, 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 it'll be a, I think it would be a really nice fit for them. Question number three. What do you think Shane Doan brings to the Leafs front office, and do you think a GM job is in his near future? 
Well, there's another guy. He's a, there's a guy who's kind of slowly put his time in, right? Working with Team Canada, working with Arizona, trying to get different ways of doing it. I'm guessing his responsibilities will be a little bit greater than what he had in, in uh, Arizona. I don't know that he's ready right now. But, you know, after one, two, three years of kind of continuing to add to that workload and understanding what the game is all about at the GM position, I think he could be ready. He's a very smart guy. He's passionate. Um, he's very loyal. And I'm not sure if that's good or bad, but he's very, very loyal as a, as a human. Starting listening to your answer sounds like um, you had beers with somebody and they explained to you kind of where they felt they were at in their career. I wouldn't surprise <laughs> me at all because I agree wholeheartedly with you. Um, you know, Shane, though, when we had him on the show, he talked about just wanting to learn and know more about it. And, and I think a lot, to be successful in hockey – if you think you're just going to, you know, jump many stages to get to the top, you can do it, but rarely will you have the same success those guys. Now, obviously, Ryan Huska would tell you he didn't want to do it 21 years coaching. Like, that's a long time, but, you know, good for him. You know, he's put a time in, and that sounds like he's going to get rewarded. Uh, I think Shane Doan definitely will be uh, a GM down the road, but where and when is a really good question, and and I think he's – He's probably going to have to start doing more GM stuff. Like we heard from Ken Holland and, you know, with Steve Stales. He's got to do a lot of assistant GM stuff. And a lot of that comes down to getting out there, watching games, scouting, understanding all that factors of it. And I think Don will be the same. Question number three. Who is going to win at the RBC Canadian Open? That's a really good question. Um, Wow. At some point, a Canadian's got to win it, doesn't he? And he's been close uh, in a lot of other tournaments. He's one shot off the lead. It's Corey Connors is getting it done this weekend. I'm with you, man. I hope so. Adam Haddon had a good day today, but I, I, I want I, – and Will Bateman, actually, the Hamiltonian. I'd like to see those guys get in there, but Connors is right near. So let's go, Corey. And a hypothetical Friday question for you, our friends of the Bear. They're having a contest right now, the winner of which will get to sing Rockstar on stage with Nickelback. I got a chance to see some of the entries. They are quite funny. If you could sing a song with any band or musician on stage, what are you doing? Okay, now just wait a sec. For this contest, mm-hmm. like, do you have to be a decent singer? Like, When we had Battle of the Bands, we had tryouts, and we, people submitted their tapes because we didn't want a bunch of jabronis. Are you telling me that any like I could get up there and sing Rockstar, which would suck, by the way? I'm just going to make that abundantly clear. <laughs> I wouldn't be good at And I like the song, so it's not the song. Like, that would be a phenomenal. I, I like Nickelback. I have no problem with them. But, I'm a, like, is this just anybody, or do you have to have some sort of skill set? Everyone is free to make the entry. So you you hypothetically could try to get in there, and you could be selected. We'll have to talk okay. to, you know, Muke and McCord and those guys and see what they think, but... Well, hopefully the Yukon and McCord aren't picking because those guys got no t- they have no talent evaluation skills. So if uh, if those two are the ones deciding it, this could get ugly. But what song would I want to sing on stage? Oh, man, that's a really good question. I would uh, – well, probably the one that could be easiest because I'm not a great singer. But I would probably – because I could just kind of you know go in for certain lyrics of it. I would go um, Everybody by Backstreet Boys. This would be hard because I'd have to obviously talk to this person and say, listen, 
I'm in a loving relationship, and you look like an amazing person. Oh my god! And I love your Greg's. <laughs> oh, don't don't interrupt, please. Let me have my moment. I respect you as an artist. I think that you know there was a moment where maybe you and another person could have had love, but this one happened. I think that oh, if Lady, Lady Gaga and I had a chance to sing "Shallow," Greg's, please, please, Greg's, <laughs> it'd be an amazing merger of two elite talents and beautiful souls. So, but again, I I can't risk it, Greg's. It may be. I don't know if she could control herself, and, and maybe you know, for me yeah. as well. Who knows, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? She she was somehow she was able to control herself with Bradley Cooper. I think, and, I, and I'm going out on a Greg's. limb here. I Greg's. think that there's a chance that she would be able to control herself. She's a professional. She's she's supposed to sell it to the crowd that it's love. That's Greg's. why she's a pro. She sold you. You were you were hook line sinker. You were watching him Greg's. in the movie. You're like, oh my god, Lady and Brad. Like this is this is my dream relationship. And and that's that's what was great. So I think what would happen, Struddy, is you know that if you got face to face and you're singing and you're she's looking and she's staring yeah. right into your eyes, right. that you would fall for her and then you'd be crushed because she would be like, hey, thanks, Jason, nice meeting you, and it wouldn't mean anything to her. Uh, buddy, I'm very, I'm, I'm infectious. I've been told I'm infectious. And so, yeah. anyways, we don't, need, I just, we don't need to talk about what happened to you going to, to the clinic when you were younger. Okay. Don't, don't ruin my moment. I'm infectious. Lady Gaga. I just have to make it clear. Connor, what about you, buddy? <laughs> yeah. I, Gregor's ready for the roast tonight. Uh, oh, yeah, he is ready. I'm for thinking something up B. I guess I couldn't do it with like the, the full complete band now, but like, don't stop me now by queen. They got to go something that would be a good time, memorable. So I'll go with that one. Don't Stop Me Now by Queen? Yeah. That's a big song, buddy. Jeez, well, I, I never said I could be good at it, but you put me beside Freddie Mercury. I mean, I think his his stage presence would be infectious. <laughs> Don't steal my words. Hey, just <laughs> let me have my moment. You guys, it's just I a cannot positive believe today. that you didn't pick ABBA. I'm stunned by this. Well, that's you a great one of those sequin suits and off. dance with them. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the thing. Like, Struddy would like it just for the tight pants and the tightest shirt possible. He would just want to go out there for the wardrobe. But it's a lot to take off. I, I can't. Those, and I love Lady Gaga, but ABBA, I mean, that's a whole other level. That's, I, I'm not sure. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, there. we got we, it. You're, you're obviously drunk on something right now. If you're, no offense to ABBA, but they're singing chops. We're not close to Lady Gaga. Oh, oh, I bet. I love, okay. I love the like, songs, but buddy, there's... we can disagree, but you don't have to be hurtful. Your words yeah. hurt, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Positive Friday? Is it off uh, now? Like, did uh, I miss no, it? no, buddy. We are very positive. Connor and I are very positive about this. Oh, we, we're, we're very positive that Lady Gaga <laughs> could handle it. We're positive I, about that. I don't know, man. I'm infectious. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see. Hey, Stratty, I see there's a real, I read an article, there's a real big push now in artists doing, like, private back, like, you know, you you rent a venue, you have them in your backyard mm-hmm. where they come and perform now just because of, uh, you know, they've lost a little bit of cash and how things are going. So there are lots of more artists are reopening up to that. So who knows, Stratty? Maybe uh, maybe for your 50th, we'll have Lady Gaga in your backyard. Can. You can, you can live it. out your fantasy. I don't want to hurt someone else on that night, right? You know, you don't want that for Lady Gaga. Because I'd probably be dressed nicely. You know, I get a nice golf shirt on, probably yeah. some nice flip flops. I don't want her to risk that. No. It's not fair no. to her. Sometimes, Stratty, if you pay her, then it's worth it. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have yourself a wonderful weekend. We will chat with you tomorrow. Hey, the Conehead's coming up. we got a big story to break uh, with the Conehead right after this on Edmonton Sports Theater, TSN 1260. Here's a Conman Sports Center update brought to you by the Edmonton Police Service. They're hiring a rewarding career with over 100 different roles. Discover your policing career by visiting newepsrecruits.ca.